Yo, yo, yo. What is good? What is good, Gen Nation? How are you doing out there? Scythex here with Multiversal Podcast episode 14. Um, we got quite a bit to go over today. Quite a bit to go over today. But before we do... As always, we do have the podcast on all available popular channels. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, all the heavy hitters. So we appreciate you listening no matter where you are. If you are on YouTube, hello. Let us know in the comments how you're doing and what you thought of the episode. If you are live on Twitch, what is good? Good to see you all, as always, and um, thank you for contributing to that episode. So let's get into it. Um, like I said, we are all over the place on the podcast network. Um, we do have merch available. We have shirts, hoodies, mugs, anything you can think of. We got we got a brand new fresh zip-up hoodie, actually, which is pretty fire. Um, you get a navy blue with our logo on it. It looks dope. Um, so check that out. If you're on Twitch, just do command merch and it'll generate the link everywhere else. It'll be in the description of the episode. Um, so yeah, like I said, we do have a lot to talk about and I'm going to start this off with <laughs> Overwatch 2. We're, we're going right into the gaming verse off the rip. Overwatch 2, um, I thoroughly hated Overwatch 1, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I have a biased hatred towards the game, but with that being said, I was giving Overwatch 2 a fair shot um, because it's free to play. I was going to give it a fair shot. Now, I didn't get my chance to give uh, to, to, to play it and really give my opinion on it but from what i'm hearing and seeing overwatch 2 had a rough go to launch this game i'm they're getting ddos left and right the servers are constantly crashing uh there's uh, tons of queue issues there's a bunch of login issues people are claiming overwatch 2 is just a reskin of overwatch 1 People can't play Overwatch 1 because they shut the servers down to go full bore on Overwatch 2. And it's just been a complete shit show from the jump for them. Um, they had to take the servers down for a long period of time to try and correct a lot of these issues. So the game wasn't even playable. It hasn't been playable, but if it, the servers weren't even live for a long period of time. <clears throat> to um even get into the game. So I'm going to have to hold my opinion on Overwatch as far as the gameplay goes because uh I haven't gone into it yet, but it's not looking good. It's <laughs> it's not looking good, I'll say that much. Um next and I, that's all I'll say. Uh, I'll give more of my opinion when I actually dive into the game, but uh there have Overwatch, Activision, and soon Microsoft, if all goes well with them, I guess. Uh, Overwatch 2 is becoming a bust right before our eyes, and it just launched. With that being said, sticking with Activision, we go in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Now, if you've been following along through these episodes, you know how excited I am for this game. Um, I played the hell out of the beta. I loved the beta. 
and they just released the final campaign trailer, the quote unquote launch trailer. Let me tell you, the cinematics in this game are top tier. Everyone looks perfect. The visuals, the, the, the levels, like the world that we're in, um, like the part of the map, the characters, the detail of the characters. I love this is more uh, tactical looking. This game is going to be phenomenal uh, as far as the campaign goes from everything we've seen. Now, I did get the game on PlayStation 5, so I will be able to play the campaign um, a week early, which is awesome. Sucks I'll have to wait for the multiplayer to catch up, but that's okay. Can't complain. We're getting the game a week early. Um, so, yeah. The, the new trailer just blew me away. The visuals, the story to it seems very compelling and interesting. And again, we're in the modern times, so we're going to have modern problems. And I absolutely love that. So um, we were only, you know, weeks away from this game coming out. October is a very busy month and uh, I can't wait. And uh, next up is a bit of a shocker to me, but we have Need for Speed Unbound. Uh, they just released a trailer. And I have to tell you, the trailer was phenomenal. Um, I, I'm, I'm very much uh, uh, an old school Need for Speed fan. Need for Speed Underground specifically and Underground 2. Those were the OG Need for Speed games where, I mean, you're bringing your memory car to your buddy's house and you're racing each other with your, your custom cars. Like, it, Need for Speed Underground was that serious. And um, I, I'm trying. I'm like begging for Need for Speed to uh, go back to Underground at least once in this new gen era and uh, and really give us that Underground feel again. Um, being able to, you know, customize local cars, not being a race circuit per se of like, like a professional race circuit. I, I like that. It looked, the trailer looked very much underground. Um, I don't know if we're going to be doing drag racing. And that was like the biggest thing in underground was multiplayer drag racing. Me versus you. My car is faster than your car. And we just go. It looked like we may get that, but it doesn't show a finish line like quick enough. So it could just be, you know, the start of the race and then. How many ever laps we have to do um, like typical racing, but in the trailer, the character, uh, the character um, art style looked awesome. I was totally on board with the art style. Like, look at it. It's super. It's it gives you that underground feel. Now it's called Unbound, and I don't know exactly what they're referring to. I guess it's something in the story we'll have to uh, discover. But it does give you that underground feeling, like secret street racing, like how Need for Speed should be. Um, you're you're racing your standard cars that are souped up aftermarket parts and you're just going all out and this trailer delivered on many levels the art style the racing the customization the cars like everything looked awesome it was very it was very unique in the art style they chose so i'm super excited actually for this need for speed more so now than i've ever been um in the previous ones but I, I'm not going to jump and dive right into this. I want to see if it is. I want to see other people playing. I want to see if, what other people are saying. And if it is truly uh, like an underground style game, then I'll 
take the dive and get it. So very impressive trailer. I'm still kind of waiting to see, but it's definitely on my radar now because of this trailer. So uh, Need for Speed came out swinging. We appreciate that. Next up, I, I can't. I can't tell you how excited I am for Gotham Knights. Um, this is another game, another October game. It's coming October 21st. So again, weeks away, uh, a couple to be exact. And um, this game gave us probably one of the best game trailers I've seen in a long time. They just dropped their final campaign. Their final campaign uh, trailer. And I can't tell you how excited it made me. It, the trailer gave me goosebumps. And if you missed my reaction, it is on our YouTube. It is on our YouTube. This trailer gave me goosebumps. It was talking about um, the Court of Owls have sentenced you to death or whatever. Showing the Court of Owls, showing Mr. Freeze, showing Harley Quinn, showing the Penguin. Um showcasing each character uh showcasing you know the reason they're coming together was uh you know the message from bruce uh it, it just it gave you everything in this trailer it was so well made so well put together it gave us the villains it gave us the characters it gave us a sense of the story um, why they're together who we're up against and it was just perfectly cut man it was perfectly cut they're showing us tag team moves solo move like it was just a beautiful trailer and i cannot wait to play this game so if you missed my reaction again it is on our youtube my reaction to the need for speed trailer is on my you on our youtube go check it out please because um those two trailers were phenomenal, especially Gotham Knights. And with Gotham Knights, I do want to say um, the developer gave us uh, gave us um, he revealed what comics the game is most influenced by. And as we all know, it's the Court of Owls, um, but. Even though that's the overall storyline, it seems um, it they, it's he's uh, let me see I have it here. Here's a quote from the developer: "The Batgirl of Burnside is uh, the Batgirl of Burnside run certainly informed our treatment of Barbara. So Barbara is going to act." and be like her version of Batgirl in the Burnside run of comics. Um, they also looked at some recent solo hood comics, uh, solo red hood comics, some of the recent ones, uh, a detective's comic run that centers around Belfry and a bunch more that seems to be more recent. So they're pulling from the source material which makes me even more excited. Um, he also says there's a relatively recent run of detective comics within the last 10 years that focuses on Belfry and the idea of how do you expand the operations Batman brings to Gotham city to incorporate the other heroes and rehabilitate villains. We really liked the vibe of that. It tapped into some of that, urban horror we wanted to have present but also just brought a lot of personalities into the mix there are a bunch of stories that are similar to that so there they re, they really went down the rabbit hole as he said and uh we're really getting i feel like we're really getting a comic book worthy game and I cannot wait to play it. It was a fantastic trailer. Next up. This is an odd one for me. Far Cry 6. Now, I love Esposito. 
as an actor. He was phenomenal. I was excited to see him join Far Cry 6 and get into uh, the video game world. I have not played it yet, so I can't talk to you about my experience with the game. But I do know it's been out for a while, and uh, apparently the Game of the Year edition is still $120, which is crazy to me. Ubisoft games always go on sale. They're always cheap. You give you give a Ubisoft game five, six months, and you're getting probably the best bargain for that game. Now, the interesting news is because you have the Game of the Year edition, or if you want to buy the Game of the Year edition, you can upgrade to it and pay the difference or buy it outright for 120 bucks still. And it's going to give you the season pass, the three DLC episodes and a new expansion coming soon that they just announced, which is a loss between worlds. So, I mean, it's cool. We're getting, you know, DLC episodes. We're getting the new expansion. We're getting more content to the game. Charging $120 for the game of the year edition because you're adding the expansion is uh, a little much, man. It's a little much, Ubisoft. I don't know about that. But I can't wait to see a trailer for Lost Between Worlds, and um, hopefully I can get into Far Cry 6 soon. I have a lot of story games I am way behind on. So uh, hopefully on this channel, we can start knocking things out. Um, so yeah, 120 bucks if you're interested. Yikes. Here's another one. Um, Cyberpunk. Not so, well. CD Projekt Red came out with uh, with a little presentation uh, about like their roadmap and what's to come. Nobody knew it was really coming. I mean, I didn't know it was coming. It kind of just appeared. I'm like, whoa, pretty big news. Uh, so, real quick, I guess we'll just go top to bottom. They talked about the new Witcher. Um, it's going to be called Sirius. It's going to be uh, they're making a new Witcher trilogy. So I guess the Witcher 4 is starting the new trilogy. Uh, Canis Majoris. I don't know. I don't remember what that was, but it's being created. I think it's an, it's either like a, a side story to the Witcher or some sort of expansion to it. And it's being developed by a third party in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, collaboration with CD Projekt Red. But we do have a lot more Witcher coming. And uh, that's good to see. Because I know a lot of people really love that franchise. Um, Cyberpunk, as we all know, had a very rough beginning. Um, I bought the game right off the rip. It was a day one buy for me. And I have yet to play it. Because of all the problems that had they had in the beginning. And then it, I, it just got sent to the back of the list for me um not so much on purpose nowadays it's just so much has come out that i'm still behind on that i'm trying to play so i haven't really got into cyberpunk i do want to play it though um i i bought it i want to play it it looks awesome I, i'm hearing the updates that have been fantastic and we have a new um, project coming from them called Phantom Liberty. It's an expansion off of the original story. Keanu Reeves is returning as Silverhand. And uh, we're going to get, you know, a really good expansion, it seems, to the cyberpunk world. We're also getting a, a cyberpunk sequel. And right now the project's called Orion. I'm sure that might change when we get closer if not, it's called Orion. This is a direct sequel to this cyberpunk, as far as we know. And um, that's coming soon as well. They're, they're already started production on it. And we have a new IP coming called Hater. That may change also because it's a working title. 
This is also being developed by CD Projekt Red only. And um, who knows? Who knows what this is about? They didn't really give us too much about it because it's a brand new IP. I don't even think it's in production yet. They're just kind of brainstorming it, but it is in the works. And um, I'm curious to see what they come up with because uh, if they give us more cyberpunk and the Witcher, I mean, that that's that's a lot. That's a lot to, to come up. That's a lot to put together and um, publish, put out there to the public. Considering, you know, it's mainly CD Projekt Red doing these projects. So if they can squeeze in a new IP, more, more, you know, my hat goes off to them because that, that's a lot of work. So we'll see what they come up with. I'm excited. We also got the trailer for Dead Space Remake. Now, I absolutely loved this game. Dead Space, I played, I believe it was a PlayStation 3. It was way back in the day. Um, this game was one of my favorite games on PlayStation 3. It was one of the best story games I've played in the horror genre. The best story games I've played in the PS3 uh, generation. Um, it was definitely top five of one of the greatest stories ever created for that generation. Um, so with that being said, I, I'm very conflicted because I do not, I do not really agree with everything being remade, everything being rebooted, everything being, um, remastered we're, we're running into this problem with with uh with movies everything you know being resurrected from the archives <laughs> and I, the gaming world has been doing it for the past couple years now we, we have a million different resident evils that keep getting remade we don't need more we don't need more Resident Evil. Sorry, Chris. We don't need more Resident Evil. Leave them in the past. Um, I don't know. I'm just so not. We've been there, done that. So it's hard for me to get excited. But when I see the trailer, it look, I, it just brings you back. And, you know, I want to dive into the story because it looks fantastic. I, I just can't. I can't see myself paying $70 to replay this story, even if it's tweaked a little bit and have added, they added different things or whatever. As good as it looks, as awesome it is story-wise, I'm probably not going to be playing it, but it's a fantastic game, and if you've never played it, if you were an Xbox head or I, I think it was on all platforms, actually. So regardless of your console, but if you've never played Dead Space, I highly suggest and recommend you play it because it is fantastic. Play it in the dark for the full experience. Not even kidding. Play it in the dark for the full experience. Yo, Butters, what's up, bud? Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. And um, I, I highly recommend this game. So play it. Enjoy it. I'm probably not going to bother. There's only one real remake that, that will pull me back into it. Um, it's Rainbow Six Vegas. I've been... I've been dying. I've been screaming at Ubisoft on Twitter like a like a weirdo that I want Rainbow Six Vegas remade. Add new missions, make a sequel of it, whatever. However, Rainbow Six Vegas needs to come back to us. That style of Rainbow Six needs to come back to us. It's DJing it. And so that, for that, I would much rather the sequel come from it and not have it be remade, but if we only get a remake, I will gladly play it. Rainbow Six Vegas was one of the best shooters I've ever played on console. The cover system, 
the tactical system, the terrorist hunts with your friends, the multiplayer aspect of um, it was just a fantastic game from story to multiplayer through and through that'll bring me back everything else all these old stories that we've already played like we're getting a remaster already uh i mean the last of us just came out remastered again remade again like the third or fourth time and apparently they're it's struggling not surprised because we've played it a thousand times um we have this dead space game coming out we had final fantasy 7 remade you know we have all these red and evils like i'm i'm done i'm over it man get creative give us new ips or give us sequels if you want to continue these games give me a new dead space story and i'll be all over that bitch I'll be all over that bitch. Dead Space 1, as great as it looks, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I've already been down that road. That's just me. But if you're going to play it, enjoy the shit out of it because it's a great game. Uh, all right, mini rant over. God of War. God of War has gone gold already. And uh, it's going to go diamond. This game is going to just break all kinds of sales records. So I'm not surprised with that. But just quick update. God of War has gone gold ahead of its release. And um, this game can't come soon enough. Outside of Gotham Knights, God of War is... God of War is the biggest release I'm excited for this fall. And then it's Gotham Knights. And with that, I was going to have a segment here. It was going to be a G-Gen New York Comic-Con update with Wade Pool because our buddy Wade Pool is at Comic-Con right now. But um, the service, the service was, uh, it's very spotty. There's a lot of people using it. It, it, it was a terrible connection. So unfortunately, we're not going to do like a, I was going to have like a nice live tap in um, segment with Wade Poole on the channel, on the, on the show, kind of giving us an update of what, what he's been seeing and what's been going on at Comic-Con and fill us in with all the good stuff. But uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get that to work, um, but we're going to shift over to the entertainment verse and one thing that was straight out of comic-con is mario um nintendo direct came out at the same time that they showed the trailer and uh they showed the nintendo direct in the mario panel at comic-con and they also released the nintendo direct at the same time that the panel was going And um, I'll say this, the trailer was dope. The trailer was dope. Bowser, Jack Black, you, you couldn't tell that was Jack Black. You could not tell that was Jack Black. He sounded awesome. Bowser looked awesome. Um, the Koopas looked great. The snowball fight from the penguins were awesome. The mushroom kingdom looked incredible. Toad sounded, looked awesome. Mario looked awesome. And here's where I pumped the brakes. Chris Pratt, buddy. Um, you said you went through a lot of voices and, and this is the one that worked for everyone. All you did was go to Bradley Cooper and say, uh, let me borrow your rocker raccoon voice because that's all I heard. When Mario comes on screen, I'm like, okay, this trailer has been so good so far. Um, let's, you know, I'm anticipating the voice, anticipating the voice, you know, what's this new accent or new voice we're going to get from Chris Pratt. And, uh, we got rocket raccoon. <laughs> if, <laughs> Oh, it was rough. 
It was rough. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out for a whole movie. I'm definitely going to watch the movie because it looks fun. It looks, you know, fantastic as far as the animations go. The, the Chris Pratt voice did not work in this trailer. So, uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be the first time if people change, uh, if people get, you know, the studios to change something, but, um, Chris Pratt's a busy man. The fact, I, I don't know if he can even get back to a studio to do the voices <laughs> for Mario and do a brand new accent. Um, so I think this is what we're getting. And uh, it's going to be the Rocket Raccoon Super Mario Brothers movie. And uh, it's going to be weird, but um, somewhat entertaining. So I went from kind of interested to interested. But um, I'm not excited for Mario. I'm excited for everyone else. Uh, we still haven't heard Luigi. We saw Luigi in the trailer, who also looked awesome. We didn't hear from him, and that's supposed to be Charlie Day. And his voice is so distinct that it's going to be another one where it's like, eh, who knows? But Charlie Day's so funny, and if they make, you know, Luigi the goofy, clumsy stupid brother that he's supposed to be compared to Mario. Um, it could work. I just Mario. So the Mario voice was so, uh, it was such a miss. It was such a miss for me, but we'll see the movies looked great. Trailer was awesome. Next up, we got some mortal Kombat news. Um, Jack's, well, where's where is it at? Do, 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 do. Makad Brooks was doing press rounds. Um, and he said this about, you know, Mortal Kombat 2, which we we all know we're getting a sequel. Um, he basically said that there's going to be a big return for Jax in Mortal Kombat 2. I mean, that would be dope because Jax is a good character, man. And Mikad is a great actor. If you watched Supergirl, he was the Guardian. He was Guardian and Supergirl. Um, not many people watch the CW shows. That's fine. I get it. But uh, there were a lot of those shows have some real gems and um, good casting choices. And he was a great actor. And if we're going to get more jacks and more combat too, then that'd be dope. If we get more jacks and less coal, sign me up. And the Miz as Johnny Cage. Yeah, I would love that. Did I was that actually confirmed or is he just uh he's just trying to pressure them to sign him? I forget. It's been so long I talked about Mortal Kombat, I forget. But the Miz is Johnny Cage is like one of the perfect casting choices ever because the Miz is Johnny Cage. Um, but yeah, so more Jax. He's going to look better than ever. He said his arms are upgraded. Like everything's going to look fire. And uh, I can't wait. It should be a good movie as long as um, Cole is just a side character and not a main character. Yeah, he's self-promoting it. Yeah, that's what I figured. It, the Miz is Johnny Cage, so it'd be weird if it's not him. Um, real quick, we do have... Uh, where are we at? Oh, by the way, um, the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse was supposed to come out yesterday. And uh, I, I, as you know, it's, I think, delayed to next year. So it's not here, but, you know, a little fun fact. We would all have been enjoying that movie this weekend. Um, there is something that I hate talking about recently and more than ever recently. Ezra Miller. I cannot I cannot stand talking about Ezra Miller and the Flash. 
it's so disappointing talking about Ezra Miller and the Flash. Um, it's been reported and confirmed that Ezra Miller is back doing reshoots for the Flash. What are they reshooting? I don't know. Apparently, he went on an apology tour and um, apologized to the cast, you know, the studio, whatever. Um, the resh Apparently, they were accepting of it, and now they're shooting reshoots with Ezra. Um, I hate this with a passion because the only reshoots I want to hear is them trying to fix the flash them trying to incorporate a new flash and just kind of erasing Ezra. If like, if you know, discovering Warner brothers, were going to cancel a movie. I would have much rather watched Batgirl than watched this Ezra Miller flash movie because I, I just don't want him as a flash. I hated him in justice league. Um, does he do some, do some cool stuff? Sure. But the flash is a cool ass character. He's one of the main characters of the, of DC. Like he's the guy. And Ezra is such like a, he just seems like such a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. He's just such a piece of shit. Like, and somehow he's keeping this role and oh man like i want this to be a good movie because i want the flash to have a real good movie but at the same time i want it to bomb just so ezra is out of the picture get rid of him so i i don't know ezra is doing reshoots for whatever the hell they're trying to do on the flash movie and uh i'm tired of talking about ezra being the flash um, Buttersworth says Henry Cavill's replacing him as a flash. I would take it. <laughs> Even though that's the meme, I will take it. Oh boy. Um, we do have some, before I get to this next movie that came out of nowhere, we do have a spawn update. Uh, spawn is coming. And Spawn creator Todd McFarlane has tapped the Joker and Empire writers to uh, to write the script for the new Spawn. So, if you enjoyed the Joker movie, then uh, Spawn's in good hands. That's a quick little Spawn update. Now, this next movie came out they netflix popped out a trailer for us it's called violent night and um <laughs> david harbaugh as santa claus for one he looked fantastic and two shout out to john leguizamo being in a movie when was the last time we saw john leguizamo in a in a major role of a movie. This trailer, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. Um unfortunately, I didn't do a reaction to it cuz I saw it before I thought about recording it. <laughs> but this trailer, it it's basically like this family celebrating Christmas, right? And uh, David Harbaugh's Santa Claus is like um, in the other room. He, you know, magically comes down the chimney and he's like putting the gifts and stuff. And uh, John Leguizamo like breaks into the house. It's a very nice house. They're very rich, it seems. And John Leguizamo and his goons break into the house and they hold the family up. And they're, I guess they have a lot of money or gold or whatever in the safe <clears throat> in the house. And basically, they're there to rob the family of all their money. 
Meanwhile, Santa Claus is in the other room eating the milk and cookies that <laughs> the family left. So they show a shot of Santa Claus eating a cookie, making a noise like, oh, it's a good cookie or whatever. And one of the guys, the goons, comes into the room with the AK or uh, AR-15 or whatever gun and sees Santa Claus. And they try, he tries to fight Santa Claus and Santa Claus just whoops his ass. And uh, who knew Santa Claus was a badass fighter? Because... This trailer was phenomenal. <laughs> Every villain that it, the whole the like the whole half of the back half of the trailer was just Santa Claus whooping ass. He was beating up all the goons. John Leguizamo was trying to figure out who is this guy. He, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. They're like, dude, it, God, dude, it's Santa Claus, man. He's beating the shit out of us. Like he, he, he throw somebody throws a punch, and he opens up his gift bag. And the arm goes through into like the magic world or something of Santa Claus without hitting Santa Claus. And then like pulls it out of the bag. Like it was such a random trailer to watch and it was so enjoyable. I can't tell you. Uh, I, this, this is one Christmas movie I'm excited to watch. I forget what when they said this was coming out. Um, releases in theaters December 2nd. So this is not a Netflix movie. It's a theatrical release. Uh, December 2nd. So I will be checking this out in the theaters for sure. Because um, this trailer was... It was super serious, but hilarious. It was hilarious because they were trying to be serious. If that makes sense. And uh, <laughs> it was a good trailer. So you should check it out. Santa Claus whooping ass. Next up, we got some Keanu Reeves um, news. First, I'll say Keanu Reeves is reported to uh, exit the Hulu series Devil in the White City. Um, this was a project he was working on with Hulu. And uh, for some reason, he's backing out. Now, my only thought is... He's backing out because he wants to direct and film the Berserker movie that he's trying to bring to Hollywood. Um, if you don't know what Berserker is, it's a comic book run that Keanu Reeves and some others have uh, created. It's a legit comic book. Um, they have a whole you know, run of this series. And he wants to bring it to live action. And he wants to direct it and probably star in it and whatever. So maybe he left that project because he's starting this project. Or maybe he left that project because he's got more John Wick 4 things to do um, as it gets ready to come out next year. So who knows? But um, this would be awesome because I feel like he knows this character so well. He wrote it like it's his. So I I think if he was able to bring this to life, um, it would be a it would be a fun watch for sure. Um, what else do we got? Next up, did I not? Ah, oh, I didn't do it. Hold up, chat. I got you. I got you. Here we go. Next up, we have She-Hulk. I'm not going to go too crazy into the episode because we're going to do that. Um, on Tuesday, actually, Theater Room is on Monday this week. I don't know if I'm going to be on the episode, so I'll give you my quick thoughts uh, of the newest She-Hulk episode, actually. We'll do that. Um, overall, it was a good episode. I liked seeing the two lawyers, you know, um, Jen and Matt going at it as far as the lawyers go. Um, Matt was representing 
Jen's costume maker. And if you saw, you know, the Daredevil helmet in the previous episode, you know, it's the Daredevil costume maker as well. So naturally, he would represent his uh, designer, right? So the banter and like the back and forth, um, Jen getting pissed at him, like, who is this guy? It was fun. Um, then, you know, they meet at the bar. They have a couple drinks, talk about the case, you know, whatever. It was fun. Gives her like a pointer like, hey, you know, you're the She-Hulk. He basically tell me it was like probably the best line, right? It was basically like. Take care of the law as Jen right? I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember it correctly. Handle the law as Jen. And when the law fails, handle it as She-Hulk. And I thought that was like such a dope moment. So, um, the She-Hulk episode is absolutely great. Butter said it was good. It was good. I had some issues, but it was good. Um, so yeah, that stuff was fantastic. Then, you know, it's the middle of the night on a Sunday, I think, or whatever. And she had to go help uh, Leapfrog, whatever his name was, Ribbit Frog, I forget. And because uh, he was also a client, you know, she she was his lawyer because uh, basically of his faulty suit or whatever. <laughs> um, So long story short, without... Spoiling the whole friggin' episode like I'm doing. And I didn't mean to do. Um, basically, She-Hulk and Daredevil confront each other. Now, I will say, um, I'm not a big fan of the new Daredevil suit. I don't like the yellow. I know yellow's, you know, classic. I liked the all red. I like the all red suit. Um... I also didn't like that they Disneyfied him. Uh, he was very lighthearted and jokey, and he was very much not the Netflix Daredevil. And just when you thought we were gonna get like a like a a one shot hallway daredevil fight which would have been amazing to see come back uh and it to to the credit it was funny to their credit it was funny just before we get that you know hallway fight you know she comes in and just destroys them all with sheer power like sheer power and he's trying to be stealthy. She's like, just bust through everything and break it. It was it was a fun back and forth between the characters. But again, like he wasn't that. It wasn't that dark. I, I don't know. It was it, he felt he felt different. It seemed different. Uh, it was leapfrog. Yeah, that's what I thought. It just seemed different. Um suit was different he seemed different he was very much a, a disney character a disney I, I don't know how to really explain it he just seemed very like his character fit being in she hulk more than fit being in the netflix daredevil show if that makes sense and um interesting enough we got confirmation, at least I think we got confirmation, that when Daredevil first arrives on scene, they played the Daredevil theme music from Netflix. Why would Disney do that? The only thing I can think of is because this is not a reboot of the character. This is the same Daredevil from Netflix. And for me, that is fantastic news because that gives me more hope with the Daredevil show. 
it gives me more hope for their daredevil show if it's the same daredevil um don't get me wrong i'm gonna watch daredevil regardless because i love the actor who plays him and i like this portrayal of daredevil but if they if they go off too far away from what the the netflix daredevil was the whole show is going to feel off to me um and i'm not excited for that part of it so i'm hoping with this little tease of the netflix theme song being in the show in she hulk when daredevil arrives it kind of helps us be like okay take a deep breath this is the same daredevil it is the exact same daredevil from netflix which means it's the same kingpin and uh all that's right in the world of the mcu in my mind um with that being said, coming back to this episode, uh, having Daredevil and She-Hulk be have a hookup, like a love interest thing, that was just strange. It was just very much added for She-Hulk. I don't know, man. I don't know. It the whole like the episode was good, but there were so many parts of it that i didn't like or that i wasn't a fan of so it was hard to like i don't know really get into it but overall you know daredevil fought good um she hulk she hulk fought good we finally got a cool team up of those two and actual action scenes that we've been missing for five episodes um we got some really cool things out of this, but I'm not crazy about the Daredevil look. I want the old suit back, even though, you know, we're probably not going to get it. It was too clean from the Netflix series. Mr. Butter says, yeah, it was very clean. It wasn't, you know, it doesn't need to be crazy bloody, but, you know, give us that feel. Um, it, if this fell into like, you know, you ever. OK, so. If. You ever watch a show that has a crossover from the same network, right? Think of it from the CW verse, right? We'll 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 throw this out there. You watch a CW show, right? So you're watching Arrow. It's the first, you know, you know, uh, you know how Arrow is. It's very dark. It's very very much like a Bruce Wayne Gotham City dark, right? Like very dark that's how they portray oliver queen he's a very troubled soul dark character i absolutely loved it by the way um and then they put oliver queen in the flash now the flash show is very more upbeat it's more comedic it's more light-hearted um and instead of Green Arrow being that miserable, dark character, he's the lighthearted Green Arrow. He takes on the personality of the show that he's crossing over to. When the Flash crosses over to Supergirl, he takes on the Supergirl, you know, uh, personality. And, and like... Any show you watch that has a crossover, those characters take the personality of the show writers that's writing for that show, right? So this is very much, you know, the Daredevil. If this is the Netflix Daredevil, he very much took on the personality of the She-Hulk writing group. And um, this is how they portrayed him to be. And uh, I didn't like it. I did not like it. So I'm hoping when the writers of Daredevil actually do his show, it's more in tune of what his Daredevil is and not the She-Hulk version of his Daredevil. If that makes any sense to you, let me know in the comments because it makes sense in my head and I'm trying to explain it. Something felt off and that kind of pull that kind of makes sense to me 
the Daredevil character took on the personality of She-Hulk rather than him still being the Daredevil. And it's a shame because when you have crossover movies like the MCU does all over the place, you don't really get that sense of this character is, you know, changing the personality to fit the um, fit this movie or show that they're in. This very much felt like Daredevil was changed for this show. Um, so. For me, I did not like it, but overall, the episode was great. We finally got action. We got to see Daredevil for the first time in the MCU, and uh, not the first time because he was in Spider-Man, but in in his suit and kicking ass, we did get to see that for the first time. So overall, I liked it, and uh, that's it about She-Hulk. Uh, and real quick, I am doing a full reaction to season one of Vandor. I'm up to episode five. I am caught up. This is only on our Patreon. So with that being said, if you have not joined our Patreon yet, it'd be greatly appreciated. You get early access to our videos. So all our reactions that we do weekly, um, you'll get a week episode a week early. If you're on the Patreon, you'll get that a week early. So you'll see it before everybody else. You'll be able to talk about it, talk to us about it, comment on it, um, and really engage us and talk to us about it throughout the week until it goes public on YouTube for everyone to see and enjoy. And um, we're going to have a lot of exclusive content coming to Patreon like this Andor series I'm doing. Um, it's strictly for the VIP, uh, strictly for the VIP members of Patreon. You're going to see my raw reactions to every episode of Andor. Um, we're we're going to have other shows on there, maybe some movies. Um, there's going to be a, a lot of exclusive content coming to Patreon. And, um, if you join up again, we thank you. We appreciate the support. We hope you enjoy the extra content and uh, perks you get. And uh, can't wait to have a discussion with all of you. And don't forget, if you do sign up to Patreon, we'll shout you out in a future episode of a Multiversal Podcast or a reaction or whatever. So you'll get a shout out. And uh, again, the link will be in the description. And with that, that wraps up episode 14. You understand the concept I was saying, but it's perfect. I hope everyone else listening does too. Um, but yeah, so that was episode 14. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a lot to get through. Um, I really wanted to get you a big Comic-Con update, but uh, service is very spotty with that many people in one location trying to uh, hit the Wi-Fi. And uh, it just didn't work out. So next year, the plan is for all of us, at least most of us, to be at New York Comic Con and uh, come out with a lot of content for you to enjoy. But with that being said, even though we couldn't get him on this episode, Zuplex is creating content for you. And uh, if you're excited to see it, because I'm excited to see it, Keep your eye on the G-Gen YouTube channel and the G-Gen TikTok. He's already done some stuff on TikTok for you. And uh, we're going to have a whole wrap up and highlight show or whatever um, on YouTube as well. Once we get all the footage that he's been uh, gathering for us. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming from Comic-Con. We just can't share it right now. Um, but yeah, so... We got the Patreon. We got some cool Comic-Con stuff coming your way. And uh, this Wednesday, Andor comes out. So stay tuned for that. Monday is uh, Theater Room, episode 59, if I'm not mistaken. That'll start at 8.30. I'm not sure if I'll be on it with the boys. But if I am, I will see you then. If not. Thank you for rocking with me on this uh, episode of Multiverse Podcast and uh, Gen Nation. 
Appreciate you. Shout out to all the podcast listeners, all the YouTube watchers, and uh, everyone who lurked in chat. But it's worth, as always, peace out.